Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 87 of Shades of Brown. And we're back after a week, after a week's break, I guess, because we didn't have anything to talk about last week. Uh, so we're going to start in classic Shades of Brown fashion. Uh, this is like, a, you know, the bingo card. Uh, we're going to talk about Halo. So let's, let's start. Uh, big, huge news, huge news this week. Uh, Microsoft confirmed that uh, Halo Master Chief Collection is coming to PC, the Windows platform. So let's start. So let's start by Christian. I'm going to let you just just get on it. Like, what are you excited about? Okay, so the one thing that I'm hoping, and if Microsoft, and, and there's no reason it shouldn't be there, but I'm hoping is that this has crossplay, and that's what has me the most excited. It hasn't been confirmed yet. So obviously for matchmaking, right? For matchmaking, obviously make crossplay like an opt-in thing for any sort of competitive play, but there is no reason for a port of the Xbox version, right? To not at least be able to do co-op or like custom matches with people on Xbox and PC. So just the thought of being able to play Halo with all my PC buds is like now actually a pretty like feasible. We can have like land nights. We can have like campaigning through all the co-op. It's just like all this good shit because so, because here's how it's going to work. So Master Chief Collection is coming to PC. It's coming to the Windows Store. It will be available at Games Pass. Not confirmed for Play Anywhere, um, although I'm going to assume it is because it'd be kind of silly if it wasn't Play Anywhere because it's a first-party Microsoft game. But um, it's also going to be on the Steam Store. And the only real requirement that may, might, might sour some people is that it does require you to be logged into Xbox Live for sort of matchmaking and online play. But it does not require you to play yeah pay pay for xbox live gold you just need you know like a gamer tag so like if you use the um xbox app on windows 10 you're basically good to play online with this and how it's going to come it's going to come in chunks so it's going to come with uh piecemeal game by game so reach is coming to master chief collection for xbox and pc 4k 60 on xbox you know likely 4k 120 on pc if your computer could support it and uh, and it's going to be where you just, um, I believe the model is you could pay for all the games or just piecemeal if you want to, but multiplayer is going to be separate, right? So, so it's, so like with, um, with Xbox, so Reach is going to be, multiplayer is going to be included for free, but if you want to play through the campaign, it'll be like a, a microtransaction or like a DLC bit for probably like five bucks if ODST was any indication. And I, I imagine they're going to do the same for PC where they'll just give you multiplayer, assuming you, you know, you haven't already purchased it or gotten it for free on the Xbox and or you're not using Games Pass. And so the best part about it is just that it's a native PC version of every Halo game except five. Except five. And and the thing is, this is the first time PC players are gonna be able to play most of these games, right? So first and especially Reach, which ha- which which even Xbox players, like uh if you if you don't if you never had an Xbox three sixty uh, and you didn't, and you didn't play Xbox, like the Halo Reach with backwards compatibility on the Xbox One, then you have never played Halo Reach like me. So, so I'm excited to play Halo Reach for the first time ever. So, and I want to play the, the way they're going to release it is chronologically, right? So in the timeline. So Halo Reach is going to be the first one to yep. come out, right? And then so I'm Halo excited. One and then yeah. Halo Two, Halo Three, Halo Three ODST, and then Halo Four is the tentative release cycle. The 343 is saying that, um, 
they are you know since they re they rebuilt the game right for the new net for infrastructure for the one x they still they still want to do a slow drip feed of uh, pc releases just to make sure right say for example they release halo reach and they find some weird bug in how their pc code is that they don't want to guarantee you know all the games at once to sort of avoid the issue they had with the original master chief collection which i think is fair. yeah pretty much yeah pretty much yeah so it's 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 going to be exciting it's going to be exciting because yeah the, the, these games like i i'm going to be able to play halo reach for the first time i'm going to be able to play the remastered version of halo one for like i don't even know how many times i played that but uh i'm going to play that campaign again it's going to happen i'm going to i might actually stream it because you know it's, it might be fun uh and i'm looking forward like, to seeing how the multiplayer is like i like i haven't played halo multiplayer in a while so i'm looking forward to getting back into uh a shooter that's not overwatch uh so that's good what else there is uh well the good thing too is right so you might be thinking wasn't 343 working on halo infinite and so yes um they're and not like i don't say it's in a negative way right but they're outsourcing this to a pc game studio like a studio that only works on pc titles i'm trying to find the name of it right now if i can look in this uh blog post here but they are outsourcing it to a studio that has oh splash damage splash damage yeah so splash damage and i believe that's actually and uh ruffian so they're outsourcing it to two studios i imagine one for the multiplayer component and one for the single players and if we go to their websites let's see what games have these studios worked on yeah actually i haven't heard these names before so i don't know so let's see here splash damage has worked on gears of war 4 the pc version okay they have worked on dirty bomb gears of war ultimate edition um batman arkham origins the pc version of that brain Uh Um, I don't know. Do you do you remember off the top of your head if the PC port of Batman Arkham Origins was a good game? I don't remember, but the, uh, the you mentioned Dirty Bomb, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and Dirty Bomb is actually a very good FPS title on PC. It's it's kind of dead now. I think the, I think the studio decided to like it's not being maintained. I don't mm. know the exact status, but Dirty Bomb itself is actually a pretty good game. So yeah, so Splash Damage definitely has like the credentials. Yeah, they've uh, also worked on the uh, Enemy Territories Quake Wars game. Yeah, yeah. So um, they definitely have the PC credential like the PC gaming sort of experience to, you know, do Halo Justice on PC. Although the other studio um has only worked on mostly Connect games. <laughs> Uh, Ruffian, Ruffian, yeah. So one's doing the multiplayer component; the other one's just porting the um, the the you know single player campaigns to it. Okay, all right, all right. So yeah, I'm looking looking forward to it. Like I'm looking forward. There's some good talent here. Uh, I, I'd imagine this is sort of like a long term thing to get. Like it's like a marketing cycle for Halo Infinite, I suppose. To like you know get Halo MCC released in bit chunks and so you keep this excitement for halo all the way to yep since infinite's coming as a play anywhere title to pc and xbox yeah so you keep like the sort of like halo in the the front of of everybody's minds because the way you release it you're gonna defeat it so you know people are gonna be talking about it at different points so yeah next year uh looking forward to what halo infinite deals we get (laughs) uh oh man oh you know we can so so um only true lore historians of shades of brown will know this but there is that video of you being called a hacker in halo 
one from like what is it 15 it's still years there. ago is the it like video 12 still years there. ago the video's still there it's, how many it's years still... ago is that video that... that's like over a decade at this point yeah right? like it so is... can we can, what this is pc can we please recreate that video oh my god so somebody <laughs> has to join me somebody has to like it's gonna be have to be a custom game like 1v1 banshees only yeah uh on, on dead island uh let's go <laughs> and someone's gonna just call you a hacker and then we yeah. can have like a comparison clip of it oh my god so like so the person who calls me a hacker and then just leaves right yeah so like that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna be the uh yeah like holy like we can recreate that like if custom games are like, gonna be available then oh yeah, yeah. So the thing too now, the thing is yeah. that do you think they'll just port the campaign of Halo Five over eventually? Because think about it, the multiplayer yeah. is there, right? Yeah, the multiplayer. Forge is there. Too. Forge is there. So Ooh. like, I, I, I completely forgot. Forge is coming to the PC for all of these games. So that means that the PC community can now build custom game modes, custom maps for all of these Halo games. I mean. It's gonna be lit, I guess. So, I, I, so, assuming this port is done right, though, don't do you, do you think that this is gonna be a game that'll just like be like maybe not like huge, just sort of players base, but have a healthy one if three four three like just maintains it properly? Yeah, this this could actually have like a long term tale of like you know being a solid like release that people are playing for years because if the base is strong uh, and it's it's runs well and there's custom modded modable or custom maps content then it's it's gonna have a long life i think and, and especially uh, too right there's not really a good arena pc shooter right now that, you're there, right you're absolutely right like the, yeah. it's same thing for consoles too right it's like i think in general there just really isn't a good classic sort of arena first person shooter because everything's you know rushing apex legends great game right but that's more of like battle royale yeah not, i mean there's quake there, champions but like uh it's kind of like is didn't really pick up any steam like uh so there's definitely a market for sure like i'm looking forward to it like i'm, I'm looking forward to playing a game that isn't overwatch uh because sometimes i, I get burned out on overwatch so Ooh, think about like a competitive league as well i feel like now that it's on pc the actual halo's esports scene might start to kick up again oh, too. That, that that might yeah that might be true it might maybe see more interest in the esports scene so that's good uh so that's Halo. I think anything anything else to talk about. Um, I just really hope three four three doesn't fuck it up. I mean, like, so to be clear, like the rebuilt version of Master Chief Collection is very good. Like, it it, it is. They have fixed most of the problems. The only thing is that I wish you know co op on the Halo games wouldn't be peer to peer. But um, I think that's how the games are originally built. So it's like that's like a structural change that they'd have to make in order to get you know dedicated servers for co op. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. I don't think just like co op. I think it. it I don't. I don't think peer to peer is bad for co op. I think peer to peer actually is. Pretty, like in a co-op sense, I think it's pretty good uh, because uh, like adding a server there just adds a little bit more complexity. I think peer-to-peer is good, uh, and they have fixed they fixed a lot of like you know issues with the code. Like they replaced a lot of code too, right? The intelligent delivery feature uh, on MCC, right, where you can have each game separately downloaded, right, uh, and which is which is amazing, which is going to be used for this PC version because they're going to be releasing it separately. Uh, so that's that's cool. This is, this is good. Uh, all right, so let's move on to something. I don't know if it's good or not because it's just beta. So beta software. We're gonna be talking about uh, Android Q. Uh, so Android Q came out in the first beta. Came out this week, right? Uh, I think sometime this week. 
And what's 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 new? Is is, is just is it, I mean, this is the first beta, so it's going to be just a lot of uh, like new APIs or whatever, and like some minor visual changes, right? Like, uh, yeah. So this one's more of a just APIs that can break apps, right? That changes. That's what Google's testing right now. And Android Q is a big push on privacy features like um for example you'll find a reddit link um in the show notes which you can always find at twoshadesaround.com where um they no longer allow services to launch activities which basically means think um there could be a random facebook service running that will launch a uh, location tracker activity and that has been killed for all apps including system apps said and that's how ios works right so a lot of the privacy features are like for example you can enable location tracking only when the app is actively yeah, in use oh on the God. screen that so is huge actually google's yeah. just basically copying what ios does in terms of the privacy controls which to be clear is not a bad thing that's the you know, ios privacy controls are very nice um and that's a lot of what google's testing in this build specifically just for the fact of that it's going to break apps like this change to background tasks it's it's how a lot of things like tasker run right or like, say, for example, you have a Samsung Galaxy uh, S10 and there's an app that lets you remap the Bixie button to Google Assistant because by the box, they block it. That runs as like, you know, a background service that'll launch the Google Assistant activity. That, in theory, would no longer work with this change. But I think for the benefits to privacy, um, Google making this change and pissing off Facebook and some indie developers is a better move in the long run for users. Yeah, uh, there's also a, a new sort of theming engine. I think it's sort of like a well, they're expanding. Android has always had a theming engine, right, for OEMs, but I think they're they're slowly, but they're slowly starting to give users more control over theming their own software. Uh, and they're probably going to put the notch in screenshots. I hope that does not make it to the final build because that looks absolutely ridiculous. Like, why? Why would I? Why would anyone want to see the notch in the screenshot? I I don't understand. Uh, but that's the thing. Uh, so the what else? So there's the new share menu, right? The new share menu apparently had got some serious optimization. So and it like uh, it'll like basically with the first time it's slow. It's gonna be like a tad slow, like a half second, and then from then on it's gonna like pop up basically immediately. So apparently I don't like I haven't used Android in a. So, so the share years, menu, remember, so. works the same as it does back when you used Android. You remember how you hit share and it just does a live polling of every app on the device to check if they can be shared to? That is still the case of Android. So what this one does with with Q, the intention is for to um, pull from just like a, a DB file, right, of, of a pre-built one where it also can automatically pull up apps quickly, like the share sheet on iOS. And then instead of doing a live loading to increase speediness of it. Yeah, so that's smart. So you don't just like every time you have to pull every app to to query about what 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 they take uh, for share content. So that's like that's good. Uh, yeah, so we're like this is first beta, so we're gonna be expecting release in uh, what like October. Yeah, October, October? September, likely yeah, when so the new Pixel got, devices yeah, comes out. But yeah. I think that. Um, that this push for uh, more privacy features in Android is good. And I think Google's still in the sort of process, right, of making these core changes, right? They're likely rewriting a whole bunch of shit in Android. So that's, I think this is why, like, we've been seeing recently that Android releases have been so not like not lackluster, but 
just not full of huge, you know, splashy features because so much of this core infrastructure is being rewritten, you know, to be a bit more modern, I guess, for a lack of better words, even if it is iOS like, because I imagine the, that by default, Android just wasn't built with any sort of these checkers in mind. So you then have to go back, right, rewrite the frameworks on that these apps run on to include this sort of pre, um, this like per per app and per uh, permission, you know, basis for for enabling this stuff and make it backwards compatible is a whole lot of engineering. Work. Yeah, so like uh, like a lot of things like they're, they're essentially siloing more information to narrower silos. So like. Uh, like contact, like when, when, when app, uh, requests contact information, they can, like, they can, like, silo that even more. It's not provides, like, metadata information, like, who are your most contacted contacts, uh, or call, like, call logs and, and not just contacts, right? Like, so they, uh, so they're essentially, like, creating even narrower information silos so that, like if you have an app that is just like requesting like requesting your entire contact list they they don't get your call logs as well right so it's like you know it's uh it's also that uh anything else i don't think there's like any other significant uh changes yet it's just the first beta so yeah it's just the first beta like definitely don't install this although Although good good move on Google's part, this beta can run on the original Pixel devices, and they're breaking they're breaking their own self imposed uh, silly rule of only supporting Pixel devices for eighteen months. <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 released it on on the first Pixel, which is which is good. Uh, I, like I, I wonder if the f- first Pixel is going to get the final release as well. This is just like... I, I'd hope so. That'd be silly if it didn't. Although Microsoft's pulled other silliness, but that was like with Windows Phone. They, they've done this before, but so I don't think. I don't think Google's going to pull Microsoft here, but you know, you know what? It likely won't get the final build of this Google's uh, Pixel Slate oh team God. or the Pixel Book team because they, according to a recent report, have been um, downsized and uh, and Google's uh, pulling back from laptops and tablets, and they're prioritizing more on uh, phones. And we'll talk more about this one next week, but apparently, game consoles as well. So this story is that. Um, Google's Chrome OS project. Well, I actually think Chromebooks are like, yes, you probably everything's being tracked, but at the same time, like fairly good option for specific use cases. Google's own own like you know in-house built Chrome OS hardware has just always been silly because of how expensive and how um, useless a Chromebook is. If you need like a thousand, if you're paying like MacBook Pro money for a Chromebook. Like, what are you doing with it? Why are you going to pay $2,000 for a laptop that just runs a web browser and, like, a broken version <laughs> of QT apps on Linux? I mean, if you wanted to do that, you could buy, like, a $2,000 ThinkPad and install Linux on it if you wanted to do that. Uh, but even selling, like, desktop Linux on it, you still get more use out of it than a Chromebook. Right? Because you have, like, Android apps, but then it's like, I, e, e, like, I don't know why I would want to run Android apps on a $2,000 computer. Hmm. Yeah, so this this isn't like this is because they they made a huge deal about with the with the with the Pixel book and the Pixel Slate uh, last year, right? When they announced these things, and now they're already like seeing like no interest in it, and even reviewers were like, "This is this is buggy, this is slow." Like the end, like the ability to run Android apps on on Chrome OS is just you know we it's not that useful uh, like most of the time, and like. At the end of the day, this is like really expensive hardware for little functionality. So like like 
especially if yeah, it's dead in the water or anything. I think we're gonna we're gonna next like this coming and that like uh like October when they announced the Pixel phones, we're not gonna see uh any more Pixel books or Pixel slates. Uh I mean so- if they made like a, a real cheap like five hundred dollar Chromebook, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like you you know, like a like a cheaper Pixel like, you know, five hundred dollar one. Sure, it makes sense. But like this Pixel Slate essentially too, that that one was so buggy. You remember the software on that? Like the when it, like the Pixel Frame Slate rate. from last year? Just <laughs> that oof. It was it was not a good time and no it was, it was that dropping computer frames. should not have shipped yeah that was that was that was rough like the software was rough yeah I don't I don't like they tried to converge Android and Chrome OS uh, it didn't quite you know cut the mark uh, the mark so that's that's a, that's a unfortunate but that's what it is and we're gonna move on to our big like this is like the big big tech poll story uh everybody's talking about it uh it's it's huge right now uh and it is uh apple versus spotify so christian i'm gonna let you like lay like the groundwork of what is what is actually going on here like what is spotify saying here so the app store has a couple of policies and they're, the specific ones here that are being questioned are how it relates to in-app purchases. Because if you are selling physical goods through your store, you can go ahead and use Apple's in-app, own, in-app purchase system or your own purchase system, right? Um, like say you're ordering an Uber, that can go through Apple Pay or Uber's own billing system or Amazon, right? You can buy stuff through Amazon. Those are physical goods and Apple does not charge any sort of tax on that. However, if you're doing digital goods, Apple will take a 30% cut from it. Um, so you cannot sign up through for Amazon Prime through the App Store because if Apple, if Amazon wanted to do that, they would have to use Apple system and pay Apple 30% of their Amazon Prime description. But you could still use the Amazon app to actually sell goods, you know, or buy stuff, right? You can buy like toilet paper or whatever from Amazon. So Spotify has an issue with this because it's like for companies like Spotify and Netflix. They most of their money goes to paying licensing fees, so a thirty percent cut will actually impact you know the music you listen to and the prices that you'd have to pay for a premium subscription. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so thirty percent. So let's 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 start with this. So uh, sort of the timeline, like Spotify has a kind of handy website, but uh, so there's a thirty percent. Uh, cut on content-based apps like Spotify. So if if, if uh, it's no longer available, but you you could you used to be able to sign up for a Spotify through the iOS app, and that was an in-app purchase, which which Apple took a thirty percent cut off, right? Uh, and that that is what Spotify has a problem with because to cover the thirty percent cut, they increase the in-app uh, purchase to like fourteen dollars, right, from nine dollars. Uh, because they wanted to cover the Apple cut, right? And that, that also just, you know, pisses off people because they realize, well, wait a minute. Uh, if I go to Spotify's website, it says 999, but if I, if I buy it here, it's, it's 1499. Like, and then they're going to probably blame Spotify for that. Okay. And not Apple. Uh, so they, it look, makes Spotify look bad. Uh, and then, then there's the, there's the whole thing about, uh, you know, Spotify integration with with the Apple Watch, right? Like like the 
Well, so let's put this off into two parts. There's there's the valid complaint, which is, yeah, there's a 30% tax. That's kind of bullshit. And then there's the rest of this, which on Apple and Spotify's side is just like them being full of shit because um, Spotify is like Apple is anti-competitive because we weren't able to use Siri for our music app, but you could play iTunes music before Apple Music came out through Siri. But at the same time, like you couldn't use siri for anything because siri was trash right it's not like apple is actively blocking siri it's just like siri was a bad product and then they're like with watch apple releases watch os and all you can do is control like media playback and there's like a music app but it's kind of buggy on apple side and it's like yeah that was the same for everyone you can even launch like a podcast app on it and then uh the the next valid complaint though is that apple music can be paid for for ten dollars through the apple music app without having to go to a website unlike spotify that's a valid complaint but all the ones talking about like spotify integration the home pod one it's like i don't know do you really want to be on the home pod <laughs> i mean like it's it, not, it, it it's, makes it, it makes sense but it makes sense in a way of like it's not apple actively blocking spotify right apple's actively blocking everyone else no but they have i mean i mean i mean they they have the, the point they're trying to make is that because because apple controls the platform they have this advantage that that and they see, so what what's happening here is that apple controls the apple made the platform therefore they get to dictate the rules of the platform but the platform is so big at this point that it is it is genuinely creating this sort of anti like like this this uh sort of antitrust situation here because apple is essentially giving themselves they're giving their music service a like a distinct advantage on ios right like in, in many ways uh and that that's i think what the like the sort of the gist of spotify's complaints about the integrations that these integrations were available for app like uh apple's music service before they were available for for spotify or other music services because you know apple wants to get subscribers for their music service uh so that's like the the gist of the complaint i think uh and in and also so in 2016 uh, uh spotify turned off the the in-app purchase, right? Uh, they remove it, uh, and then it starts that uh, Apple starts this like pattern of like rejecting Spotify for various like you know random reasons and like. Uh, well, so they got rejected because so when it comes to the in-app purchase model of um, iOS, and this one is actual bullshit, like a hundred percent certifiable grade BS bullshit of. If you mention that you can buy a subscription online in your app, your app will get rejected. So if you open the Amazon or Netflix app, they can't mention that if you they need to pay for a subscription by going to the website. It's just a login screen. There's just a login screen. So like they can't mention it. Uh, so like in, in two, it's like uh it's, it's it's like a call to action restriction right like the, you can't put a, like a like a sign up page or like uh like you can, like a website link uh that goes to like open safari it goes to a website right like you can't do that which which obviously like if you're spotify and say somebody like finds about spotify from the app store uh, and then they download the app to just get a login page and they're like okay how do i how do i set up like they have to actually go looking and and, and no doubt that creates significant friction for signups right like you you're no longer able to like you know guide users to be able to sign up you're just stuck you 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 stuck with this login screen uh so it's 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 uncompetitive. so and like the apple music thing uh another big point is that apple music 
is like right there in, in the, in the built in iOS music app. Uh, and you can just launch it and like just start the sign up process just, just from within the app. Right. Uh, so that's like a distinct advantage. Like that, that's another one. Uh, uh, what else? Like the, uh, there is, I think the, yeah. So one huge one is the Apple promotional pushes, right? The Apple Music promotional uh, pushes, uh, where Apple Music sends like this special, like these these post push notifications, like that other apps cannot send, right? Like Spotify cannot send you uh, like push notifications, say, hey, uh, we're gonna, we're giving away like you know a discounted month of Spotify, or like you know like we we're having this free month offer or whatever. Like they cannot do that, but Apple can do whatever it wants because it's their platform. So they send these. Uh, like I have gotten these. Like I got one recently, actually. Like I don't even know why, because I have Apple Music disabled. And Apple uh, done stuff like give everyone a free album and <laughs> put it on their phone, right? You too. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was a that was a huge deal back then. But like this is just like they are promoting. They're doing stuff that's forbidden by their own rules that other people are not allowed to do, right? So they get to they get to. This is a valid complaint because this is just like abusing your abusing your power as the sort of like the platform holder to essentially put yourself in, in a good position to be able to you know capitalize on like your your user base uh and then like what else uh so this i think those are like the, the i think the real compl- i don't think there are any other specific real complaints like the like uh like they mentioned like the podcast recommendations thing like uh like Apple, like arbitrarily decides to prohibit use of its API to recommend podcasts to users. I mean, you know, I I don't I, like I, I, that that I one too. That's like that's a questionable one because uh, Marco was talking about it on Twitter, and he's like, I don't know what they're talking about with that one. Uh, so that's that. But so Apple, Spotify decided this week that they they are going to file a complaint with the European Commission, the European Union body that. Uh, handles antitrust issues. Uh, so they filed the complaint uh, at the EC is uh, going to be reviewing the complaint. Of course, they, they that's all they said, I think, at this point, is that they're going to be reviewing the entirety of it. Uh, and we will see if this goes forward to some sort of regulatory review and action, right? We'll see. Maybe maybe Apple gets fined here. Like, I think uh, several lawyers uh, have mentioned that Spotify does have a strong case in, in the EU. Uh, so it is... Uh, we will see in a few years. I guess we're going to have to keep up with this because it's not done yet, for sure. Yeah, but um, Apple's response to this, however, was bullshit. So um, Apple's response was like, oh, wow, we've done so much to curate this app store. And we, these are the rules we set for everyone. So Spotify is playing by our rules, which it actually isn't Spotify's argument, right? Spotify's argument is that these rules are fucking bullshit, not that we're, playing by the, we're not playing by the rules. So Apple's just like, yeah, they're playing by the rules and everyone else will get traded the way, but that's not the claim yeah but like that's like saying like yeah everybody they're, they're they're playing by the rules but like the rules are made by you and you get to choose when to apply them uh and you get you get to flout your own rules like you know that the the, the the promotional push thing like that is absolutely a violation of, of their own fucking rules so it's like like they don't get to say that 
uh, they're following the rules. Like, that's a non-argument. Like, that is not an actual argument. Like, that's just distracting from the issue. Like, that's not the point that Spotify was trying to make. Uh, this this whole uh, statement from Apple is disingenuous and, like, just trying to distract from the actual issue. And I think that's it's actually bullshit. Uh, yeah, and especially so, because with the in-app purchase system, all Apple is really being is just, like, a not like a merchant processor, right? But, like, basically, like, a middle person who just process transactions, and um, in the digital space, thirty percent—it's uh, actually digital fees are fairly, high, are fairly. That's that's the normal for it. But like in most other places, like most per transactions, usually like point zero five percent of it, like ten cents, five cents on each transaction. Um, that's mostly for for physical stores, based off my own experience. But um, I do know digital tends to go a little bit higher just because of how the margins are based off of, you know, you're not actually selling physical products. But Apple's is still pretty high, um, not compared to other app stores, but compared to other p- platforms which are processing a transaction. The processing fees that Apple charges is far higher than most other actual like processors. So, so Apple gets to make the point that they provide like this this platform, like they provide, they have built this app store, right? They have they have the infrastructure, this global distribution platform, uh, like they they maintain the operating system. So they 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 can probably justify the thirty percent cut, but I I don't think that like I don't think it's like like I don't think Spotify's argument is that. The, the the crux of their argument is that the, I mean, they're sort of alluding to it that, you know, the 30% is unfair, but they're also at the same time, it's not like the cut that's the problem, right? It's like the, uh, it's like the whole thing around the cut. Like it's like Apple. Well, their actual claim to the EU is off of the 30% cut. Oh, okay. So that's okay. their actual claim to okay, it. Okay, okay. So that's All what right. I'm saying. Uh, I'm saying that for other, so of course there's always going to be a transaction fee, right? Um, but most places, most merchant processors like tend to just charge like a flat rate, right? Not a percentage of a transaction. So it's like five cents per transaction, 10 cents per transaction, however that works out, right? And so 30% of a whole transaction is a lot more than that. And so I think that's what uh, Spotify is arguing about. Because if you pay through the app, right? Apple uses their own whatever merchant service, right? To process that card and then get it, you know, get the funds moved over to Spotify. That's the core of the issue. Um, they're likely going to throw in the other stuff about Apple's lock-in on the platform as well. But I think that's that needs to be a separate case. And this one should specifically just about, right, the 30% cut. Right. Okay. So, okay. So understandable. So this is, uh, like I like we are, we are gonna have to wait because this is right now just Apple is just posturing and you know making up like they're just like essentially like hey look at all the good stuff we do right look at all the all the things we have built here right uh which which is which is just not even like addressing Spotify's concerns directly right they're trying to uh sort of distract uh. Yeah, and then Spotify responded by calling Apple a monopolist, which they are. Yeah, I mean, I like the way they they are a monopolist is that, uh, like, they they create this dominant platform with with majority market share in 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 several countries, right? In the, in, in the United States and in the UK, uh, so like significant markets that are like high value. And that Apple has has a significant market share, and then that they're controlling music. They're they're using like that dominance to muscle in the their music service. Uh, so, uh, so that's that's, that's that. 
what else is there? Like, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Or is that? I think like, at the I think at the moment that's all we really know about it. But this is sort of like the like you're like you're alluding to earlier. It's going to be like Spotify or sorry, I mean Apple uh, v Qualcomm, right? In terms of how this is going to progress over the upcoming years, um, because I do feel like eventually my my own like you know game theory is that <laughs> this is this is going to end up just being Apple caving before um, regulators come in and just. And them just lowering the percentage. So, uh, like, what, like, do you think Apple's gonna cave? Like, is, is, is if Apple caves here, it sets precedent, right? Right, it sets precedent for. Yeah, but if uh, a court rules, that's a that's a you got to follow the court. If Apple caves, they can dictate some terms, right? But if a court rules, then it's just what the court says. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, I, I, I so right now we're gonna have to wait for the European Commission to, you know decide that if they want to move forward with with you know like a full uh full case i guess uh like it's still being reviewed it's sort of like how the supreme court in the united states reviews cases and they decide which ones they want to tackle which don't uh so so we're gonna see uh this is no doubt gonna be something we're gonna come back to uh in the coming months or years even uh so look forward to that uh i think that's i think that's it uh i think that's that's a good place yeah, because we got a it's a good place to wrap up because we got GDC coming next week. So there's been a lot of like Xbox rumors and Google rumors that we kind of like been mentioning them, but we're gonna wait until GDC's over to talk about it. Because I'm definitely excited for what Microsoft and Google have to say there, since I think that it's gonna the next gen stuff I think is more um cries in Jim Sterling voice, everything as a service. Oh my god, yes, yes. Uh streaming as a streaming games as a service is, is gonna be a big theme this year. Look forward to it. Uh or don't I suppose. So as always, uh you can find us two shades of brown dot com. Uh give us feedback, contact at two shades of brown dot com. If you're a if you're a huge Halo nerd, feel free to uh, send me messages about which Halo game you like the best, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, uh, you can find me on Mastodon at StaticSafe at mastodon.zombocloud.com and Christian, where can people find you? You can find me online at chosa.online. You can also find me at tenforward.social slash chosafine. Yep. Uh, and with that, goodbye. Bye.